Welcome to the Pro AV Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk, and today we're talking about the technology of stagecraft with Will Flavin of Flavin Lighting, a Nashville-based independent stage lighting company. Will, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we'll dive in by kind of pointing out that you're a young guy in the industry. You're only 21. So tell me how you first got fascinated with lighting. Back in uh, elementary school, which a lot of people I work with would say is only a couple years ago. Um, <laughs> I, I just remember going on a field trip. We went to, I think it was like a Disney on Ice show. And as a kid, I you know, just look up and you see this massive or what I remember is a massive lighting rig and sitting in front of all these lights. I mean, I was that was my whole focus. The whole show is what <laughs> lighting, I guess. Um, and kind of always had an interest in it from there. I lived in South Louisiana for a while and then moved up to Shreveport in high school and ended up having a neighbor that knew, had a friend that owned a production company and kind of started working with him. And through that, learned, you know, learned the more about the details of it and started applying all that to, to shows. So, I don't know, it kind of set for a while and just need to be able to apply what you always kind of had in the back of your head to what ended up being what I do for a living, you know? Right. So it started as a fascination and then it kind of developed into an apprenticeship, so to speak, picking up some of the, um, some of the basics of it. And then did, uh, did you go to school for it? I did not No. Where'd you get your degree in then? I actually did not go to college. I, oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I, I kind of funny enough, got my first, first job out of high school through LinkedIn and ended up working for a company that did, lighting for corporate shows and learned a that was a reality check and learned a a, a ton through that I, I the goal was always to tour though I, I just loved i don't know seeing seeing a live show just how uh, there's just something different about it for sure that that always had my attention well i'm sure you were the only uh high school kid with a linkedin page <laughs> well <laughs> that was uh that was something for sure <laughs> just having friends in high school always knew me as the that guy that was always, you know, working and doing some show in high school. So, so you kind of grew up in in this uh, this fascination, and you're able to turn it into your passion and then your profession. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely definitely put a lot of work and time into it, but I, I think it's 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 been a, a great path for sure. I, I'm curious. So, when you're working on a show, I mean, there's there's certainly time stress. Um, people around you that the stress levels that they're facing and how that impacts you. So I guess as an independent, as an entrepreneur that still, you know, works in the corporate world, I guess, but also you've got your, your own uh, lighting company. How do you balance those, those uh, competing feelings where you are stressed about the situation and then you're trying to control the situation? How do you I guess, process all of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I mean, it, it shows, shows definitely are not getting smaller. And I think the time crunch is, is, you know, more and more every day. I think, especially in the, the touring side of things and just live side of things, it's, it's very much being able to deal with other people and how good of an attitude you have. You know, uh, one of my favorite stories was, so there's a guy named Patrick Woodroff that designed the Olympics in London a couple of years ago. And, um, there was a story of like his lighting crew chief or he asked his lighting crew chief, how did the show go? And he's the crew chief said, yeah, like three of the 
Olympic rings didn't work an hour before the show was starting, but I didn't tell you. I didn't think you would be able to do anything to fix it, so I didn't tell you. <laughs> so it's it's very much. I always say it's a get it done mentality, and you know, I, I think we're on these levels. We all understand everybody's here to get it done uh, and make make the show happen. So there has to be a trust. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and it it seems like unless you're in the industry, I don't think a lot of people really understand one the logistics that go into a, a well orchestrated lighting show. Uh, I think there's kind of just a baseline that it's like the the atmosphere, like it's it's there, it just appears. But no, that's not true. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes in just to to making it um, baseline great, and then the, I guess your challenge as a lighting designer is in going above and beyond and trying to create new and interesting things with light, right? Yeah, and it's 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 amazing how many different. I mean, you know, I, I try to try to focus on the directing and programming and that side of it. But there's, I mean, just a whole other shipping and logistics. And there's so many different pieces, not even just to lighting, just to the whole production in general that people don't have a clue, I don't think. <laughs> but yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting to see how, even if just one of those little pieces is off, how much it affects the whole big picture. <laughs> right. But a lot of times those the things as the as your anecdote kind of illustrated, sometimes you, you don't really realize all of what's going right or going wrong in a production. It, it's just it's, you know, you see what you see, I guess, from an audience standpoint. But I'm curious, then from the expert standpoint, I mean, what's what kind of feeling does a really well done show emote to people? I, I don't know. So something that I heard, heard another uh, colleague in the business say it was like, you know, he went to kind of like me in the the kindergarten deal, going to see the show, and you just remember it, remember it as this massive thing, and then you go back and look at pictures of it, and it was like, wow, that's that's nothing. Like that was that's nothing at all. And I think it's it's kind of all about how you remember, remember in that moment, and that's kind of what the live deal is. It's in that moment how you remember it. But the biggest thing that's kind of changing that is video. So like. You go back and look at it on YouTube and I always say, you know, it always ends up being your worst night is the one night they're going to video the whole show and, and put it up. So you can't really have a worse night. I'm, I'm curious, does does the type of lighting nuances that, that you design, do those really show up in video? Uh, they they do. I think more and more it's, it's, it's all about the face, I guess. <laughs> so iMag is like huge these days, so... It, it's it's really important kind of like I, I would say artists artists see all that on facebook and instagram and whatever and how they um how they perceive themselves i guess and and people they tend to care a lot more these days I, um, at least people i'm dealing with they i don't know they know what they want to be perceived as quote unquote and see that through all these social media platforms and for clarification what's imac uh it's just image magnification so like you have a camera out front and then all these big LED walls on stage, which more and more tours are having, you know, just basically videoing the artists. So people in the back of the room can see, see them. <laughs> no. So there's, there's certainly a lot of, um, 
technology, obviously, that, that goes into all of this. Um, I'm curious, though, because as a young guy, you're going to be um, a little bit more maybe germane to the, the newest technology that you're seeing and uh, maybe a little bit more open-minded to, to adopting those. So, like, let's talk about bleeding-edge technology. I, I understand that uh, virtual reality is being used for pre-production design. So how does how does that work? And then what you know really excites you most about that potential? I mean, for years it's always we use uh, all these CAD programs to design design what the stage is going to look like. Add lighting, add video, add all these other elements, and show it to the end client. You know, show three or four different designs and management and whoever will pick. You know, what what's this tour going to look like? I know, I know some companies that are doing it now, but I think it has massive potential. It's just the the VR goggles, whatever that is, to to be able to put that on a client, have them sit in the room and be able to see, you know, look around an arena and see what their show is going to look like before a truck even unloads at rehearsal. You know, <laughs> it's it's. I think it's it's a lot. It's just a lot more powerful than than a piece of paper. I mean. So I'm I'm anxious to see where that goes. I think uh, like the video game industry, all of that is just you know leaps. I'm not a gamer, but it's leaps and bounds ahead of you know as far as graphics, what we're doing. So <laughs> that, I'm anxious to see if it would come into our world at all. Again, as an outsider to the industry and and somebody that doesn't necessarily understand all of the nuances of of um, lighting. When I think of virtual reality, I assume that that was for the um, for the designer's sake. Uh, but you said that actually it's 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 basically a pitching tool for the client to be able to show them the entire show before the before a single light gets rigged, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think um, I mean it, it definitely varies between clients. Some people could I wouldn't say care less about what they're getting, but they definitely don't need to know all the details. But um, I mean, I think it can be used for both, for sure, um, just as far as pitching to people and, and in the design world. Because we, I mean, we do a good bit of 3D for these shows that, you know, with that time crunch, you have to be able to, to program and put together um, ahead of time what you're going to do before you get there on site. So that's, that's kind of a huge, it would be a huge benefit, I think, if that, if that could take off a bit more than it, than it has now. Is technology kind of democratizing um, the lighting industry in, in terms of, I mean, in musical performances and musical tours, those certainly, those production crews are, are large scale uh, groups. Um, is the technology making it any easier for, uh, for lighting professionals to be able to do that on with, with less people or is that also scaling larger? Oh, definitely. I think, I, I don't know if I could say it's less people, but it's definitely less time and kind of my job, not necessarily my job, but just in general, it's always about how efficient can you load this thing in? Can you get it in the building, get it out of the building safely? You know, so every every little piece to a production is is trying to put to put it in a building in a timely manner. Um, whether or not whether or not you can save uh, people on these things, yes, yes, you can sometimes, but Wow, my, <laughs> I may start that over. I'm trying to think of like 30 things. Yeah, so I I don't know if you can limit the people on it, but for sure, um, all these different elements are trying to save time. I think all these productions, you're trying to do a bigger and bigger show 
you know, load in and one, if you have, if you have to load in in two days, that's obviously going to take a lot more money than load in in one day. So I think time is probably the biggest factor, just where technology is going to lead us. Well, so the, um, because again, I guess technology doesn't rig the lights for you. They don't do a lot of that, that manual stuff that has to be done. So it's where you're saying that, you know, it's still going to, I guess the, the future of, of the lighting industry and as it pertains to technology, there's not necessarily going to be less people, but it's just making the time, I guess, more efficient. So then I guess you, are you able to use that time to do more innovative things in a shorter period of time? Oh, for sure. And it's, and it's not even that technology can't, you know, do some of this physical stuff. I mean, there's companies that are coming up with amazing things to just let lighting get up in the air faster. And I, I don't know, just, just automate a lot of these things that have, that take us that used to take, you know, hours. So that's, that's pretty exciting to see kind of where that's going to go. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, you're still, we're still hanging lights in the air. <laughs> right. Right. As uh, as you look at the industry as a whole, can you think of the, the last trend or just interesting thing that you learned that you didn't realize before about, um, about your profession? I think people always want to see something bigger and better. So I think it's, it's neat to be able to look back Look back at these shows that, you know, were 20 years ago, what they were doing with, you know, a quarter of the technology we have today. And then you have this massive technology today. And sometimes people are trying to make it almost go back in that direction and come up with simpler looks and simpler things. So that's, that's kind of the big learning process for me is it's almost like, how do you take a ton of elements in a show and keep it, keep it simple and keep it you know, not in your face the whole time, I guess. <laughs> right. Well, so well, I guess for some of these elements, you're having to reverse engineer them and, and make it kind of as simple as possible, or at least simple looking to, to the plain eye, right? Right, for sure. I mean, a, a live show nowadays is, you know, two, sometimes four hours. And I think, one, you're trying to constantly change. No, I wouldn't say constantly change, but give a variety of of looks. I mean, any, like somebody would say any show ever would get boring after two hours or three hours of just sitting there. So you want to, you want to change it up, but you don't want to overkill, I guess. <laughs> right. Right. Where there's, I, I guess maybe two and, and this is again, me as an amateur looking at it, I could see where if the, the colors are too intense or if there's certainly uh, too much, light quick light changes or certainly strobing or anything like that that can that's kind of wearing on, on the audience so you have to be aware of those things yeah for sure and you, you always want to make it make it feel like it's the i guess the artist on stage that's where all the attention is always going to be make it feel like he's the one making all this happen and not not just lights flashing for a crazy reason you know <laughs> just because they can i'm curious from your standpoint then so you're at these shows you're working these shows uh but when you attend a show just as a fan have you just been spoiled for live live shows and not being able to just focus on what's happening with the lights uh, oh for sure <laughs> that's uh that's pretty much it i i don't know i love uh i kind of grew up grew up around music and love all kinds of music so I think it all comes down to the music for me, but um, you, you better believe I'm focusing on the lights too. <laughs> so you're, yeah. So you're the guy kind of back, like when you're 
in uh, in elementary school staring up at the lights instead of looking at the show. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, fantastic. Well, I uh, I appreciate all of the all of your candor and and being able to uh, to understand kind of from the ground level how. Um, how this all works, and then of course how technology is is making all of this process a lot easier for us. So thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And thanks to you listeners for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries. Subscribe to articles, podcasts, and creative video. Until next time, I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk. <laughs>